Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey friends, Damian Mason here. Thank you so much for joining me on the Do Business Better podcast. Got two wonderful lessons for you today that are gleaned from the world of Cutco cutlery. That's right. I'm a former Cutco salesperson and I've got a couple of business lessons that I still know today and I'm going to share them with you in this short but sweet episode, stuff that you can apply to your business. You know, here is the place where we get together every week and we make you a better, stronger business person, whether you're a business owner, sole proprietor, small business owner, budding entrepreneur, uh, you know, gig economy, functioner, working out of your spare bedroom, whatever it is, I'm going to give you a couple lessons you can use to make yourself stronger. You know, one of the tenets uh, that I talk about here in my book, Do Business Better, and I do hope you've picked this up. Uh, you can pick it up, you know, at DamianMason.com. If you need the audio version, you can pick that up over at um, uh, at Amazon. But why give them money? I mean, Amazon takes like like thirty percent. Okay. Here's what I want you to remember in the book, Do Business Better, that I talked about. One of them I talked about talent stack and how you'll use everything you've ever learned. You see, the smart, crafty entrepreneur, the business person that's going to continue to be successful and reinvent to a new marketplace always looks back at the jobs they had, not just as a means of making money, but pulls a lesson from that. You know, too many people, they don't have the business mindset. So what do they do? They go to work every day to make a dollar. And that's all they come home with is a dollar. But if you come home with a dollar and experience and knowledge and vision, and you never forget something you learned over here at this job when you're 21 years old, and then this experience you have when you're 19, you put those all together. And all of a sudden you say, well, what I remember about this and what we did wrong was boom, boom, boom. And then you connect the dots and you essentially make yourself stronger by connecting all of the experiences you have ever had. Talent Stack really is talking a lot about all the experiences you've ever had. I was a Cutco salesperson, 22 years old, Purdue University sales class. They made us buy a, a set of Cutco for a demo and sell it. I didn't even think I wanted to do this. I didn't want, I didn't like the idea of doing it. I'm like, this seems kind of cheap. You're making me buy $250 worth of cutlery and I got to go out and peddle all this stuff uh, for part of my job on the side. So anyway, uh, it was a job as well as a class assignment, if you will. And I learned some things. And we're going to give you, again, the two lessons here on the Do Business Better podcast. It's not about selling knives. It has nothing to do with cutlery or anything in the kitchen or you going to the state fair and pitching cookware. No, no, no. It's just two valuable business lessons. Because I'm working up an essay about some of the sales and business lessons that I know. And I always put the story behind it. So, of course, I've got stories there. Uh, by the way, if you're tuning in to the Do Business Better podcast on audio, I'd also invite you to watch it on video. That's right. The Do Business Better podcast is an audio as it has always been, and it's also a playlist over on the Damian Mason YouTube channel, D. Mason Comedy, hearkening back to my days in political comedy. D. Mason Comedy is my uh, YouTube channel. You can just go on YouTube, type in Damian Mason. Please subscribe when you're there because the more you subscribe, the more it will help me get some visibility. And more people like you, the small biz person or business owner uh, or business-minded professional, will get this in their search. So please subscribe. It doesn't cost you a thing. Okay, here we're talking about 
knives. And one of the lessons that we're going to share, the first lesson we're going to share with you as I show you these nice blades of Cutco cutlery, one of the lessons we're going to share with you is what I would call embarrassing the customer enough that they understand the need to do business and buy your product without pissing them off. Okay, now, and the canned sales pitch that we were taught back so many years ago was that you get the, you get to meet with the client, right? You're going to sell them some cutlery, you hope. And, you know, all the usual stuff, you ask them questions and all that. And one of the questions you ask them is say, well, hey, you know, before we start getting into showing you all of my beautiful cutlery, I, I, I mean, obviously, I'd like to sell you cutlery because it's my job, but I want to make sure I'm taking care of you and, and managing this correctly. Could you show me your knives in your knife drawer now? And here's the thing. Many people, if they are looking to buy Cutco knives, or any knife for that matter, probably needed knives. And the idea was, many times they would say, I'm not going to show you my knife drawer because they're embarrassed of it. Now, maybe some of them had a whole bunch of nice cutlery and they would show it to you and say, okay, well, it looks like here's what you could use to add to it. So you win either way, right? If they show it to you and they don't need much, you say, well, it looks like you could use this, 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 and this. But more times than not, they'd say, oh, no, I don't want to show you my, I'm not going to go get you my knives, no. So you had a bundle basically wrapped with a shop rag down in your little bag of tricks. And you'd pull out this bundle of crappy knives, junk that you could have bought at a garage sale for 50 cents. You know, wooden handles that are warped and aluminum knife blades that are bent. And you'd take that and you'd chuck it onto the table almost in disdain and say, well, you know what? A lot of knife drawers that I've seen... I've seen customers, they look like this. Just a mismatched, hodgepodge collection of knives that would be better off going to scrap metal or being sold at a garage sale. Now, the customer then sees their own frailties or flaws, or if you will, they see their actual own uh, shortcomings in their knife drawer when they look at that pile of crap that you just cast onto their table and then you go on to your presentation and you talk to them about the lovely things like the petite carver here made in Oleon, New York by the great people, the craftsmen of Cutco. All right. Now you're saying, Damien, what's this have to do with my business? Well, a long time ago, I learned that lesson about showing them what you said other customers had never admitting that they did, right? A lot of people I meet, their knife drawer looks like crap. It looks like this. And then they see themselves and now they're embarrassed. However, if you make them feel stupid or poor, they're not going to be customers. That's why you can never say, does your knife drawer look like this? Because now it's like, well, yeah, it does. Kid, get the hell out of my kitchen. There's a valuable lesson there for your business. It's important to illustrate to your customers or your prospects what they are doing wrong or what they could do better. But if you keep hammering this home, remember, humiliated clients don't come back for more. Embarrassed, humiliated, made to feel like shit people are not going to be your customers for long, are they? That's the business lesson I've never forgotten. And it's hard for me because sometimes as a perfectionist, I would say, hey, I think we could do a lot better job than what you're currently getting right there. Let me show you how. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong. And if you keep harping on what you're doing wrong, what you're doing wrong, what you're doing wrong. Okay, you've been there, by the way. You've been there as the customer. You've been there as the customer where, uh, let's say you hired a contractor. And the contractor is one of those guys, and you know them because there's a bunch of them in the contracting business, you know, construction trades. They walk around your house, and all they do is tell you how somebody did something wrong. 
Well, you know, uh, first thing is, them electricians didn't do that right. And then your HVAC guy didn't do that right. And after about an hour being told that everybody you've ever hired screwed you, you're too stupid to understand, you're so dumb you didn't know that they put the wrong register vent on, you're such an idiot you didn't realize that you got the wrong switch plate cover over here in the living room. After a while... You're kind of done with it, aren't you? After a while, you don't really need to hear this crap anymore because you're like, listen, man, I don't need some dude coming in here with his crack hanging out of his jeans telling me how dumb I am and I've never done anything right on the home renovations I've bought. Now, there is some power to saying, hey, there's some things that are probably not what you want, which is why you called me out, right? I'm looking around here and I don't think we need to be, you know, go through this, but there's some things that you obviously are not happy with. And that's why I'm here and I can fix these things for you. You see, that's what I've learned looking way back 30 years ago when I sold Cutco to today is the ability to let them see the flaws, let them see the shortcomings, let them see the need Maybe make them a little uncomfortable that yeah, your knives look like crap without making them feel stupid, humiliated, cheap, poor, ignorant. That's lesson number one. Allow your customers to see their shortcomings or see their need or see the problem without making them feel stupid and then move on. That's the best part about the Cutco thing. After you've done the disdainful toss of the crappy knives out there and say, a lot of people's knife drawers look like this. Now let's talk about what your knives could look like. I've shown you the carving instrument made by Cutco. Okay, so that's salesmanship, but it's also business. Lesson number two that I learned years later after I was done being a Cutco salesman. See, as a former Cutco salesperson and a Cutco knife owner, I wanted to add to my collection. I needed the new shears, and I wanted the sandwich spreader with the sharp blade so you can spread, make your sandwich, and then cut that sandwich in half. I needed a few things to round out my collection. So, being a good Cutco guy, I called the Cutco rep that I found, and a young man came to my door and was prepared to do the pitch for me. Now, I didn't need him to get the towel and the crappy knives from a garage sale and throw them disdainfully across the table because I already had a set of Cutco knives, but I just wanted to add to it. And I said, hey, uh, go ahead and tell me what you got. And he went through his pitch. But the thing is, before he got into his pitch, they've changed things there in the uh, world of cutlery sales because he spent about 10 minutes talking about himself. And he said, I really uh, I really want to sell you a set of knives, sir, so I can go to Europe. One of the things that I'm really uh, set on doing is making sure that my sales volume is big enough that I can go to Europe and take a, take a six weeks uh, and go to Europe for four to six weeks. And that's why I'm doing this. So uh, if you'll buy some knives. Now, here's the deal. This went on for several minutes. There's no me in his presentation. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Point number two that you can learn from the world of Cutco is that if you keep talking about yourself and your desire to go to Europe or pay for your daughter's funerals, uh, weddings, uh, uh, I'm sorry, your aunt's funeral, your daughter's weddings, or your, uh, you, you know, your new Maserati, why does the customer care? The customer cares about himself or herself. So you carrying on about stuff like I'm selling this Cutco and I really want to do well with this and I would like you to buy a new set because this way I can go to Europe. Kid, I don't go to Europe. 
My wife and I haven't had a real vacation in years and years. Now, we live well. Don't feel sorry for us. But for crying out loud, I never tell my clients, hey, you know what? I need you to give me money for my services so that I can go and jack around in Europe for six weeks. It's fine to let the customer know that you are motivated. It's fine to let the customer know that you do okay. You know, there's that old thing of pretending that you're just the poor, struggling salesperson, the poor, struggling small business, the poor, starving artist. I've never seen the, I've never seen the virtue in that. I don't mind that my clientele, and you shouldn't mind either, that they know that you're somewhat successful. You've had a modicum of success because you've worked hard. That's fine. But when the customer thinks that they are nothing more than a conduit to send you to Europe for six weeks, it's that same thing again. You made them feel stupid or poor or embarrassed uh, with the knives, and now you're going to make them feel like a sucker because they ain't been to Europe for six weeks, and that's what you're doing? So my lesson from that was, and this was 10 years ago, well after my time as a cutlery salesperson, after the kid got done, I said, I'm going to buy some knives today, but I want you to understand something. You can do whatever you want, but uh, if I were you, I would stop leading off by talking about the reason you are wanting to sell some product is so that you can take six weeks and go to Europe because most of your clients have not been to Europe and spent six weeks laying around in Europe and touring around cathedrals and all that. They're just hardworking people and they'd be, it'd be neat for them to go. But guess what? They don't necessarily feel it's their duty to fund you to do that. You see this a lot, don't you? I mean, fundraising organizations tend to be that way. They come in and talk about their problems, their problems, their problems, and then they, uh, you know, say that uh, they really need to fix these problems. And, of course, then you're supposed to feel emotionally invested and uh, feel bad for them, and you say, okay, I want to help you out. Now, that's what charities do, and the idea there, when the customer or the customer gets out of that, is a feeling. They get the feeling that they have changed the world, saved the world, helped a kid, that kind of thing. You don't do that probably when you're in business. So what you need to do when you're in business is it's fine to say, yep, uh, things are going really well. We're expanding. But if it's all about you going to Europe for six or eight weeks, see, we do this also. We hear people say things like, well, my plan is to get to early retirement. So that's why I'm like, hell, I don't care if you get to early retirement. I can't do that. Remember, your customers care about themselves. Your customers care about their own needs. Your customers would like to go to Europe themselves for six or eight weeks before they send you there with their money. So never forget that your proposal, your business proposition, your value is value proposition to them, not to you. Your value proposition is what can this knife do for you? It makes you feel like you have good cutlery in your drawer. It makes you feel like you are a chef. It makes you feel like you are, shall we say, somebody on the food network who never had good cutlery before, but by golly, now you do. And you can work in there with the best of Martha Stewart or even Guy Fieri, right? So make sure that whatever you're in the business of providing, it does something and creates some feeling for the customer versus you getting hung up on why you're doing what you're doing if it's self-centered. Lesson number one, it's okay to motivate the customer with a little bit of embarrassment or a little bit of, yeah, you've got some problems that need fixed and I'm going to be, I see you've got some needs. 
But don't make them to where they're humiliated and feel like they're stupid or poor or incapable because then eventually there's going to be resentment and hostility and they're going to say, get the hell out of my house. I'm not going to do business with you. And lesson number two, remember that your customers care about themselves. It's fine that you have your own goals and motivation, but your goal right now needs to tie in with the customer's goal. What is it that you're providing that they need, that they want, and it better not just be to send me to Europe for six weeks. Those are your two lessons you can apply from the world of Cutco. Yes, I'm working on some essays of uh, different uh, lessons that I've always gleaned from the jobs that I've had, especially from sales, because we all, after all, do sell. Uh, No matter what you do, if you're in business, you are selling a product, and I hope you continue to do so very well. Till next time, thanks for joining me here, by the way. And again, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, share this with somebody. I'd really like to get some more listens to the Do Business Better podcast. I'm Damian Mason. Thanks for joining us. Till next time. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.